0: brief (laughs) anyway listen to our amazing nba podcast the mismatch or don't we really don't care we're probably gonna win a million awards either way (laughs) chris we do care so don't say that please subscribe and listen to the mismatch only on spotify did you really call me a bozo
1: (laughs) this episode of the ringer f1 show is brought to you by ebay motors With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by ArmorAll. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use Armorall to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two time defending champions looking their best inside and out. And get this now through May 31st, you can get $5 back when you spend $20 prepping your car like the Oracle Red Bull Racing team. All you have to do is upload your receipt to Armorall's website after you buy. Visit Armorall.com for program details and redemption. Terms apply. Armorall, chosen by champions.
0: It is the Ring Ref 1 Show, part of Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark. The Miami Grand Prix is over. Max Verstappen becomes the first person in my lifetime, (laughs) certainly in Megan (laughs) Schuster's lifetime, to go from P9 to the number one spot in the race, on the podium, in front of a Dan Marino statue in Miami. Hello Meg, what do you say?
1: Kevin, what more could you ask for than to win and celebrate in front of the one and only Dan Marino statue? I
0: didn't see Dan the man this weekend. Saw Tua and some other folks. Did not see Dan, don't know where he was. Uh, I will say one thing I learned about this particular race, is Fernando Alonso informed us that because of the television screens, which I thought were just <laughs> for fans, you can easily quote that was that was the uh, that was the quote yes. easily watch this race on television. We just got out of the press conference where he informed us this. That's why he was able to see his teammate Lance Stroll's uh, Alpine overtake. Uh, he basically said, you know, listen, hey, there's screens all over the place, and you can mm-hmm. just kind of go. And that ties into something, which is that he said he had a very lonely race because he, he was third. And there were two Red Bulls ahead of him. Nobody really threatening him and him not really threatening them. Um, kind of symptomatic of something larger here, pal.
1: I would say so. So he finished about 21 seconds behind Checo, which is almost awesome. I, almost identical to what happened in Baku, where the Red Bulls were 21 seconds clear of the next closest competitor. And then he finished also, I want to say, a, close to seven seconds ahead of George Russell in fourth. And he said in his press conference after that, you know, he still feels like he and Aston Martin are largely looking behind to try and fend off Mercedes and Ferrari versus looking forward at the Red Bulls. But, uh, you know, he seemed like very comfortable in that position, at, at least for the time being. And, and knowing him, that won't last very long. But five races in, four podiums, almost five, if you look at how close he was to catching Charles and Baku. Just, a I think, all you could ask for kind of start for him.
0: Yep. So we'll get into the tire strategy here a little bit later, but let's just go big picture. Max Verstappen wins. Mm -hmm. This felt like a moment where Checo could declare himself a legitimate title contender. We talked about with Nate Saunders the other day about Nico Rosberg and and, and how he established himself and and the steps you have to take. And he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Now he had the worst strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't have the pace today. Uh, we, he talked a little bit about how basically his tire strategy was, was built upon just being first, mm-hmm. um, and, on, and P1 and, and qualifying and, and, and what he had to do. But it just felt like he could have, I mean, there's a couple of things tied up here. Uh, he was asked, could he have defended more mm-hmm. vigorously and he did put up a fight. It wasn't, you know, yes, he didn't, didn't certainly. just, just kind of, um, lay down and die, but could he have defended more vigorously? And he didn't say yes or no, but he just said, we have to put the team first. They're mm-hmm. not going to race to the death. They're not going to do it. Um, they understand, you know, Christian Horner said over and over again, the only thing that matters is you guys don't wreck each other. Cause it's the only way <laughs> the Red Bull can be stopped is if it, from, from here on until freaking Austin, yep. they just wreck each other. That way that Aston and Alpine and all those teams can, can reach them. But barring that they're going to run away with the world constructor championship. And Max is going to run away with, with the driver championship. Um, so you felt a little bit of resignation after this, frankly. Um, not just, I mean, I, I think that the, the Fernando Alonso and Aston probably tendered their resignation letter in the World Constructors' Championship <laughs> many weeks ago, um, if not in preseason testing, mm-hmm. but from Checo, because I felt like he had to, to, to grab the bull by the horns in this kind of race. And afterwards, he was just kind of saying, "Yeah, I mean, what? It was, it was almost kind of, what are you going to do?
1: Completely. And I mean, just look at the ending gap, Max ended up 5.38 seconds ahead of Checo, and he only passed Checo on lap 48. That means within nine laps, he put up over five, almost five and a half seconds of pace on Checo. And So that's where I am a little more sympathetic to his could-you-have-defended-Max harder question because sure he could have but given the pace that max had mm-hmm. on the tires that max had that were fresh and new i think he'd only pitted maybe two laps before mm-hmm. he ended up passing checo it it seemed like an impossible feat and one that i think he very very quickly realized um was just not going to happen and i know you know we can get into all of the tire stuff either now or later if you want but It seemed like Checo had realized very early on in the race that the strategy that he and his engineers had selected was not going to be the one that was going to win, and he seemed to kind of accept that.
0: Max seemed to enjoy saying we were free to race (laughs) afterwards. (laughs) It was a a surprisingly jovial post-race, because first Mm -hmm. of all, Fernando... Is you, you first of all you pick up on the fact that he's a racing geek. And yes. um and they asked Max about Joost Verstappen's rally win. And and on the podium, Fernando seemed like genuinely interested in in mm-hmm. what exactly what rally Yost was was in, because maybe he'll want to enter it in a couple of years. <laughs> like the, the, these guys are racing dorks, and you, you saw the interplay, and I actually like that kind of the top three romance. They're gonna be there for a while, yes. um, is my yes. guess until somebody somewhere figures this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Max um Max knows what to say now. Um he he was booed and part of that is just because the question asker basically said this you know this is uh, Miami is a heavily Spanish speaking city. Yes. Um they're going to back Checo. Mm-hmm. Um and Max basically said I'm good with that as long as I win. He almost veered towards heel territory mm-hmm. which is what he should do. He came said they get to go home. Close. He got the he came dangerously close to LeBron from, from about a decade ago. <laughs> Instead he said they get to go home and ellipsis have a nice night. Mm-hmm. Which I I could have used a little more pushing there, pal. Yep. I could have used a little more pushing and just that's the one thing that can save this season is if he goes full Hollywood Hulk Hogan.
1: I would have loved that, like absolutely loved that. I also think Max is very, very cautious in the way that he portrays yes. himself. And it was it was clear that like he definitely caught himself and kind of reeled himself back in and was like well, maybe I don't need to alienate these people any more than they are already alienated. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you have Checo right behind you, and then another Spanish-speaking driver and Fernando Alonso right behind him, like mm-hmm. obviously you are not going to be the one that this crowd maybe is is super elated to see up there. But um, yeah, he he seemed perfectly happy. He said, "Yeah, they were free free to race," and he said, "You know, it was it was very important and great that we raced each other hard and kept everything clean," which I think was a you know, maybe not so subtle veiled shot at one George Russell. Um, <laughs> but well, I,
0: there were like five times where, where each of them said the most important thing is we was clean. Yes, the most the important. The most thing important.
1: We put the team ahead of ourselves. We, we really gave it our all. And I was like, how much coaching did Christian Horner have to give you guys this weekend to to really drill that talking point into your heads? Um,
0: couple of things about that. They. It, it's funny, there was almost some copium coming through in the questions where people said, you know, when these upgrades start coming in Imola or even after, mm-hmm. you know, is, are the people going to take the fight too? And Max was just kind of like, "No, you know, we're not going to stand still. Like, <laughs> they have upgrades too. Red Bull gets to keep improving and they're going to have better upgrades because they're a significantly more efficient team than mm-hmm. any other team on on the grid right now. The mm-hmm. idea that this is going to change, I don't think, I, I, I think we're not reckoning with it because we don't want to. But I don't know how this this changes other than rain or these guys starting to hate each other and it becomes like like a legitimate like safety problem on the track <laughs> for each of <laughs> them. Like other than that, like it's going to be
1: this. Right. And, and that was a point that Fernando kind of made too where, you know, they had asked him at some point down the line, do you feel like you can come up to P2 or maybe even win a race? And he said, you know... Really, I think the only way that that's going to happen is if Red Bull starts having some massive reliability problems. And he said that that's an area where they, out of any team, have have probably been strongest so far this year. So it doesn't seem Remember like... when cause... they had
0: crippling reliability issues and then they just fixed them?
1: <laughs> just fixed them and never what, looked back. What an
0: unbelievable novel concept. They had a problem and they fixed it immediately.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was like, you know, I don't really anticipate that that becomes an issue across the rest of the season.
0: And if it does become an issue, they'll fix it after like two weeks. Yeah,
1: Because that's what they do. Yep. Um, The
0: entire thing really, I I had a note in here because uh, the broadcast had talked about Nico Hulkenberg and he had the fastest lap at lap 38 with the new mediums. And the broadcast said, well, that's going to bode well for Max Verstappen. (laughs) And he kind of, it's almost like, you know what it reminds me a little bit of? When when they can't call elections at like 8 (laughs) p.m.? And the, but the broadcasters are kind of hinting at what's going to happen. Yes. And they've got the data and they kind of know. Yes. And, 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 you know, you have a, what's called um, effective track position, mm-hmm. which is you sort of know what what with a pit stop it would look like. And then you add in kind of the laps, the max would be capable of on, on the mediums. And there's not a ton of data about this particular track, but mm-hmm. we kind of know what was going on. And so it's a very funny hint at like, Ooh, Ohio's Ohio is trending <laughs> this way. I don't know. And Ohio looks pretty good. Um, so I, I just, uh, yeah, the, the, the tire thing, and they talked about it quite a bit and, and Checo did in his defense say, who knows what this race could have looked like if they were on the same strategy mm-hmm. and all that stuff, their hands were tied a little bit. Max said his engineer was pretty, pretty um, defiant on, on Friday. Not defiant yes. maybe the wrong word, but pretty strong um, mm-hmm. in saying this was the right strategy. He was right. Uh, anything on the strategy stuff here?
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was really fascinating and I know, you know, there may be some complaints that this race was a bit dull, but that, that kind of tinkering with the strategy part of it was something that I found really fascinating And a lot of drivers spoke to this after I know uh, Sky Sports had asked Christian Horner mid-race about this and saying, you know, why did you decide to send Checo out on mediums versus Max? And, you know, Christian had said that in their sort of pre-race sims that it actually seemed like the medium would be the correct choice. And it seemed like Max was taking a riskier route. Um, After the race, Nico Hulkenberg, who also started on the hards, had said it seemed like a pretty clear strategy to him. And Max, you know, like you said, certainly seemed really excited to go out and start on the hards. Um, I think Checo after the race, he had said that they, that was something that he never considered because he had pole position and mm-hmm. they just felt like it was too risky and, and notably, um, everyone around him at the front of the grid started on mediums too. So I don't think it was, you know, kind of a rogue choice that he went with that. Um, but he also said that they started to degrade a lot faster than I think anyone anticipated He said that a lot of that was due to, you know, some rain overnight and just felt like that that made the medium tire a lot more fragile. And you could hear that on the radio, too. I think Fernando started complaining about tires pretty early and uh, like uh, this was not just a Checo thing. So it seemed like he accepted pretty early on in the race that his was not the winning strategy and didn't really feel like, you know, Red Bull had put him in a bad position or anything like that.
0: I think Max Max's greatest battle now is with history. And just seeing what this can look like. Mm-hmm. I don't think because there's no World Constructors Championship to speak of um, hanging in the balance. don't know if team orders will be all that important. I don't know. Sure. I don't know how Christian Horner views that. Is history enough to, to rob Chekhov of a win if he's going for it later? Um, but Max has won but coming into this from seven different spots on the grid. <laughs> this win... Tied in with Sebastian Vettel for most wins in a Red Bull, and as I said, um, it had been almost 40 years since someone won from P9. Which again, it's just mm-hmm. it's a little bit of trivia because people have won obviously from much further back than that. Um, but I, I I don't I don't know. We 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 did the, the listener questions, and so many of them were just like, "What do we watch for the rest of the year?" And mm-hmm. we, we'll, we'll get to those. But at this point, it's just it's going to be Max Max versus Max. It's going to be Max versus Max. Um, which brings us to some of the uh, the teams that have advocated. Throne of uh, ever challenging any of those cars. Um, so yep. I was with uh, Charles Leclerc down there and mm-hmm. uh, in his little press conference and or his, his gaggle of reporters, just five or six of them. And man, so first of all, I mentioned the other day a I get, I called it the Jim Halpert face, where everyone was was kind of screaming his name after he had crashed, mm-hmm. and he gave them a little sarcastic wave and then just looked straight into the camera. <laughs> Boy, did I get a treat today cuz he did it to me.
1: Oh boy. So he he
0: he's coming out and he's miserable. Mm-hmm. People are just jumping in front of him and taking photos and taking selfies and just staring at them. And then he just looks at me and Chris Whittingham and his eyes just get as big as as dinner plates and he just just gave us a look like what the hell is this? <laughs> like we were his we were he was looking to us for answers and I mm-hmm. could buddy I don't know what to tell you. Um, hopefully, Fred Vasseur has some, some better answers because Witty and I were all out of luck. <laughs> so Leclerc's point was he said that he had just spoken to Carlos before he came over okay. and, and met with us. Uh, very, very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you to get on the same page on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, they need mm-hmm. more consistency. We knew that much. Yep. What was interesting to me is the point he made was the car is so sensitive that It's basically, it comes up with new problems despite the weather, not despite, because of the weather conditions, whatever Mm. it is. So today was windy, Mm -hmm. it was hot, and it, it had a new set of problems. Mm-hmm. And so he basically said, this car is so inconsistent, it is at the whims of the weather. It is hmm. at the whims of the wind and the heat and all of this stuff. And that's just a sign of a bad car. I mean, that that's, yeah. that's my word, it's not his. Yeah. But that's what, basically yeah. what he was saying. Um, he he just thinks that this is just uh, far too sensitive. And he was asked about Imola, and he said, well the conditions will be very different. Hinting that, like, who knows what problems sure. await us. He just said <laughs> that the, 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 it was just going all over the track. And, and you know, I, I heard an F1 pundit recently say that if you had one, if you had one uh, lap to save the world, you might have Leclerc do it. Mm-hmm. And, and you just hope at some point that they figure that out. And there's just at least some race where he gets to actually challenge that Red Bull. But I don't know. This, they, they, it is clear to me that Leclerc and Signs hate their car.
1: I started to understand the motivation behind Charles Leclerc's music this weekend <laughs> from watching him. Um if you haven't listened to uh, the song that he has released, I believe he has more forthcoming. Um very very sad piece of uh, piano playing and and he was he was asked about that this week like, "Oh, you know, do you think US people will latch on to your music?" And he was like, "Well, only if they like depressing stuff." Mm-hmm. And he was he was really going through it this weekend. I know he ended up finishing in seventh, which was the same place that he qualified in after red flagging yesterday, but it felt considerably worse than that for a very long period of time today, including, you know, late in the race when he got passed by Lewis Hamilton for six, which seemed like an inevitability, despite the fact that Lewis himself didn't have a great weekend, um, especially in qualifying, and he got caught up in a DRS train early in this mm-hmm. race. It just... Um, Nothing went right. And, you know, they've they've been touting these upgrades that they have coming to Imola, but Mercedes also has upgrades coming to Imola. And, you know, like Max said in his press conference, none of that means that they're going to get significantly closer to Red Bull. And unless these upgrades are addressing some of those like unreliable issues, Mm -hmm. I don't see them being a better team than a good qualifying team.
0: No, nope. and that's Leclerc, by the right. way. Right, and like, that, yeah, yeah, just just do Charles Leclerc for sure. <laughs> Trust me, that's not Fred. That's not no, Big Fred. No, who's, who's the masterminding this? No,
1: for sure. Not. Um,
0: any other before we get to kind of listener questions and start the big picture topics? Um, anything any other team that they, they kind of piqued your interest i i do want to shout out the fact that pretty much every driver maybe maybe 75% of the grid complained about the intro and how long it took piastri said he needed you know he, the, the bathroom timing was off yes uh russell yes. basically said i guess that's the american the american way of doing things but they didn't seem <laughs> to like it um alonso actually said so a lot of people just quite frankly savage and said so we were out there in the sun too long you know you, you don't get as much time for preparation mm-hmm. which something alonzo echoed but then he also basically said the best point which is why why are miami fans better than fans in japan fans mm-hmm. in mexico um fans in italy i think i think it was the third country he named like yep. why does miami get a, a, a long kind of per, you know mm-hmm. uh the, the celebration of their city and and imola doesn't and so I thought that was a pretty good point. I don't know what they're gonna change it. I mean, I, I think that when drivers complain about that stuff, that mm-hmm. gets changed pretty quickly. It's it's harder to change tracks, it's harder to change weather, it's harder to change time of day yep. than it is um to just not have LL Cool J out there for that long.
1: Yeah, it it was kind of a mixed reaction, just and I didn't hear everyone's thoughts on the on the um intros, but like Lando Norris absolutely hated it, but he was in such a surly mood after everything this weekend that you know I, I would take anything related to that with many grains of salt um like you said both Hulkenberg and Lance Stroll said it messed with their pre-race bathroom times which is a pretty important thing to note um but Hulkenberg actually said that he liked it that he you know it gave him some goosebumps from the start and it felt like a it was a bigger thing and and Max even said post race that he was like it's it's more of a personality problem than it is a logistical problem mm-hmm. um i think Fernando said something though that i thought was a legitimate, um, proposal and that, you know, if they're going to keep doing something like this, they should lose the driver parade because it just Mm -hmm. is so much of their pre-race time taken up with these things that, you know, they don't get as much time with their engineer. They don't get as much time to plan strategy. So I, I think something like that is like a decent proposal moving forward. And maybe, you know, instead of driver parades at a couple of races, they do something a little more unique or specific to, um, the the area that they're in. Um, it seemed like this was kind of modeled after, you know, NBA playoff intros. So mm. I guess it made sense that they did this specific thing in Miami. Um, and maybe they can get a little bit more creative going forward while taking up less, less time. I liked it. I thought it was fun. I always love a good LL Cool J shout out.
0: I missed the whole thing. I was working. You should try it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't... I just... The entertainment part of it is just so... Actually, George said, "I respect it in the entertainment world. Say, <laughs> he literally put with an I have so much respect for entertainment, the concept of entertainment so much, respect. but but that's what he dropped on us. Mm, um, any awesome. other teams you want to shout out before we start getting to some questions, here?
1: Um, yeah, I wanted to Good talk just a little bit about mercedes. um it ended up being a better weekend. Yes. I think in the finishing than I think they expected than I expected. George finished in fourth. Lewis in sixth, even though he qualified in 13th. Um, he caught and passed Charles Leclerc. He got caught in that early DRS train behind Botas, Hulkenberg, um, and Alex Albon and still managed to make it around. Um, he was pretty displeased with everything about the car on Saturday, but and you know, I don't think he was especially excited about it today. And certainly, you know, finishing in fourth and sixth is not enough for this team, but They're only six points back of Aston Martin in second place in the Constructors' Championship. And it just feels like now that they've accepted that the car's design was fundamentally flawed, maybe they can get themselves into position to continue improving it over the course of the rest of the season and be in a halfway decent spot next year. And, you know, again, finishing in second place in the Constructors is not enough for Lewis Hamilton, but it's certainly a start, and I think better than... I expected them to be leaving this weekend.
0: Quick question from Palm Tree P Who's getting points first, Nick DeVries or Logan Sargent?
1: Oh, God. Um, Always a good sign. Always
0: a good sign to say, Oh, God.
1: (laughs) Before this weekend, I would have said Sargent. After this weekend, I'll say DeVries.
0: So we watched the race, probably, I probably watched half of it. You probably watched maybe a little less than half of it from a corner of the stadium, made a great view of the last turn Mm -hmm. and before. in before the, the the checkered flag. And the way it works, there there's something, there's a raw power on the first couple of laps because all of the cars are bunched up. Mm-hmm. And it is so loud and you see 20 cars at once. And then, like, it goes around again and goes around again. And you start to say, like, man, I wish I could see a little more than just, like, this pack of cars yeah. going. Like, let's get some constant room. And thank you for your service, Logan Sargent and the two <laughs> McLarens who gave us a near constant vroom pretty early to where we did not go more than like 10 seconds without a vroom in our corner. Chris Whittingham and I were, were just eating today um, with all the vrooms right in front of us. And we are very, I just want to emphasize this. I'm a very stupid person and I am easily pleased. And to see... Just constant vrooms. Like me and my son Teddy, we have the same likes, which is just we want to see things move very quickly. Mm-hmm. We like bright colors, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 we will just stare at that all day. We will not cry. If you have, if you just put that there, mm-hmm. so that's that's. That, th- thank you to to Logan Sargent for immediately removing himself from contention and just basically being completely alone on the grid the entire time.
1: I will say one of the only parts of today that made me actively sad was um, I, I watched a few laps with Chris as well, and we were just standing there watching as Max Verstappen came closer and closer to lapping Logan Sargent, and then we were also standing there when max came around before logan finally and it was just really really sad to see like the red bull chasing logan down for the right to just completely embarrass him at his home grand prix it was it was really really tough and and not all of that is his fault granted like he had a you know obviously very long pit stop early in the race to where they changed the front wing and did some other other adjustments um but it yeah awful weekend. This episode is brought to you by Armorall. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use Armorall to prep their team vehicles, from interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner. Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. And get this. Now through May 31st, you can get $5 back when you spend $20 prepping your car like the Oracle Red Bull Racing Team. All you have to do is upload your receipt to ArmorAll's website after you buy. Visit ArmorAll.com for program details and redemption. Terms apply. ArmorAll, Chosen by champions. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Mobile One. The Mobile One brand knows podcasts are a great escape. You can listen to people talking about living and maybe even driving, but of course, there's no substitute for the real thing. So the next time you're looking for an escape, try an actual escape. Take this podcast for a ride in the car and immerse yourself in the drive, because sometimes the best way to escape reality is to truly live in it. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us slash the ringer to learn more.
0: When I tweeted about Fernando Alonso saying it was very easy to watch it on TV, they also pointed out that George Russell confused her Williams for Red Bull. Some listeners did that, so some <laughs> visibility problems out there today here and here in the Miami Sun. Um, all right, I guess let's let's get to this question, which we got fifteen times over. Um, what what are you watching? Like, if if you don't watch, if you take George Russell's advice from Friday and mm-hmm. only watch the battle for P three, mm-hmm. um, what else is there?
1: I. I'm thoroughly enjoying this season from Fernando Alonso. Yes. I I love having him be relevant. I love getting his um, chaotic in-race messages that are mostly directed at Lance Stroll and telling him what to do. And there was a funny moment in the post-race press conference between Max and Fernando where someone had asked him about, you know, his message today when asking what position Lance was in because he saw him make a a great move at at turn one, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And... Max said something like, are you acting like his life coach now or something? And then Mm -hmm. both he and Checo jumped in, you know, giving him potential radio messages that he could send about, you know, just critiquing Lance's driving style based on what he sees going around the track on TVs. But I love watching him engage now that he's in a great car and seeing him act as kind of like his own strategist and and really kind of getting to see how his mind works and as someone who's been around formula 1 for so long and mm-hmm. um yeah just just watching him kind of like battle it out with the the ferraris and and the mercedes has been really great for me. I'm also very very curious about some of the midfield cars. Mm-hmm. Haas looked considerably quicker this weekend and I don't think that they had the weekend that they wanted to but um Kevin Magnussen finishing in tenth, and you know Nico had some good pace at times. I, I just like to watch the rise and fall of the midfield, and maybe that makes me an F one sicko now. But <laughs> I, I do find some some pleasure in in seeing some of those personalities kind of get a chance to uh, go fast, as they say.
0: Yeah, I mean, part of the problem is when I said I liked this new era of F one and, and the new reality of it midweek, I was talking about just over the years and mm-hmm. figuring out is Ferrari going to. Ever in 2025 match match that Red Bull has. Is yeah. Mercedes going to make a comeback? Is Aston gonna continue on with their project, mm-hmm. as the Europeans say, and, mm-hmm. and move forward and be an actual title contender? But on a week-to-week basis, that's not that's not gonna show up. Right. So it's more about first of all, little personalities, just mm-hmm. little personality conflicts, frankly. Um, I was on a show earlier today and they were asking what kind of beefs we need some of that. I could I would I could really use a a yeah. a, a, a Max Checo beef that does not appear to be happening at this point.
1: Unfortunately.
0: Um, but something has gotta kick off at some point. I mean, it's two either the racing gets better, which mm-hmm. I don't think is gonna happen, mm-hmm. or or the, the drama gets better. Um, I don't believe we can go through an entire season where we're just kind of in the doldrums and, and nothing ever happens. The wind will get moving.
1: And and I think that this race being as boring quote unquote, as it was, was, I think it surprised pretty much everyone. I think most people would have expected some sort of like safety car action, rain rain today. I I think like that was what most people were talking about last night when we were, you know, in in press conferences and stuff was that, you know, Lewis was hoping that the heavens were going to open up and, um, you know, everyone after, you know, Charles spinning out two days in a row seemed to think that, some sort of mishap was going to come. Someone maybe would like blow a tire or something would happen and, and this would get more chaotic. So I don't, I don't want to like wholesale right off the season because we've had two dollar races in a row. I think there are some, some more interesting tracks coming up and, and we will get some sort of chaos. Um, maybe not to the level of like in Australia that we had, but I, I think somewhere in the middle would be, would be solid ground.
0: We get this question a bunch. What's the first race a team other than Red Bull wins?
1: Um, I think Fernando had a, a quote um, before his press conference where he said, you know, if we can pull off some sort of miracle in Monaco qualifying, yep. that could be a possibility. Well, so. Monaco is a,
0: a lottery in qualifying and then it's a parade. So, I mean, not a lottery, but obviously th- mm-hmm. weird things happen. Right. And weird right. things happened in qualifying last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I that would be the the likeliest one and by the way that's two races from now
1: and and even if that doesn't end up being Aston Martin you know we've talked about a lot about Charles Leclerc's qualifying pace and if he can kind of get that limit right and not crash out um, you know that he's always a possibility to, to, to do something wild.
0: Yeah, if Ferrari go back to Italy next week is just going to be so tough. There was a moment where Leclerc was just like getting in the pit of despair about where they are and how they're treading water. Everybody else is getting better and Mm -hmm. all blah, blah, blah. And the guy, like, he misunderstood the guy's question the whole time. And mm-hmm. so the guy's sitting there, like, this is not what I was looking for. <laughs> and then he kind of said, like, oh, that's what I meant in, in trouble. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I misunderstood your question. But it was like he'd done 30 seconds on just right. how, how like the abyss that he was staring into. It was like, oh, okay, cool.
1: Um Spanners and I talk a lot about how I've started following Ferrari fan accounts on Twitter just to yeah. just to bask in the despair. And I sent you one tweet today and, and I really want to find it because it was a fan account that was trying so hard to be positive ahead of Imola. Um, yeah, it was the Ferrari news fan account and it said in two weeks we go to Imola, et cetera, et cetera, where Michael Schumacher and Ferrari have the most wins hoping Ferrari can find some race pace for all the Tafosi attending. Um, I hope so too, to be yeah, honest, they'll get right. they'll I get don't it right expect it that. to happen, but get
0: it right around to that. Um, all right. Let's look at some more questions. Um, so one question we did get, which was, uh, when is anyone going to set up an interview for Martin Brundle in advance? (laughs) Never. Um, the answer is never, (laughs) nor should it ever be. Um, because I, I do like the chaos of it. I don't know if you saw Mm -hmm. Sir Jackie Stewart wrangle.
1: Oh my God. Wrangle
0: Roger Federer.
1: He fought through security like elbows out through security. They were trying to reel him back in. I was like, first of all, how dare you touch Sir Jackie Stewart? Second of all, Martin was just on the mic the whole time being like, and we have 30 seconds and we have 25 just watching Federer advance and advance and Honestly like I would have way rather watched that than than the driver intros. So. And
0: then uh, James Marsden was identified <laughs> as, as Roger, Roger Federer. Federer. So we had two thank God Federer was in the paddock today because we got we got two great things. Incredible. I did not see Roger Federer. Did you have any particularly good celebrity interactions today?
1: Um, good celebrity. Well, Erica, our wonderful producer and I were mere steps away from Queen Latifah at one point, which was wonderful. And she was
0: eating in the paddock at one point. She was chilling. She was taking
1: pictures with people. She she... seemed very happy to be there. Very kind.
0: And uh, yes.
1: Um, and then when we were walking into the paddock village today, we brushed right past uh, Serena and Venus Williams.
0: I didn't see that. I saw them last year. Um, Jay Balvin, I just want to shout out Jay Balvin for a second. <laughs> I had to have Kevin I, who
1: he was. Well,
0: I, I recognized him. I beat the washed allegations by knowing who Jay Balvin <laughs> was. But on the other hand, he did not have security. He no. Met, you were closer to the actual action and you noted the only person he did have was one guy taking photos of him. Yes. Which to be clear is more important. Obviously. Than security. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when you're as famous as him in that area, um, and you, again, we were talking about an incredibly uh, you know, Miami is probably one of the places Jay Bellman is most famous in the world, mm-hmm. and even though he's he's an international superstar. Um, he just wasn't he wasn't able to walk. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, I'm watching, and I'm like, so he doesn't have security, and there's like a hundred people trying to get photos of him. Yeah. So there's just a chance he just never gets to leave here. <laughs> it was extremely uncomfortable to watch. And he but he, I guess he, I mean, he could have just been like, all right, I gotta go. But yeah. even that, there was enough of a crowd. So I'm I'm now uh, you know there's there's a lot of daylight between what Jay Balvin did and then Roger Federer security guy keeping Sir Jackie Stewart away.
1: yes. Um, I'm trying to think who else I saw. I fleetingly saw Tom Cruise entering the Mercedes Cruise. garage. I didn't see
0: Cruise. I saw Mahomes and Palo Bancaro.
1: I just heard people start screaming and then I looked over and I caught like him in profile as he was walking into the Mercedes Is garage. Is Tom Cruise
0: a screaming guy at this point?
1: Apparently. It's 2023.
0: Um, I don't I don't know if that's a screaming
1: guy. I was stunned, but it it didn't seem like he spent mu- too much time um outside of the garage. It seemed like yeah. he sort of made a beeline. So you that gotta. I respected. I was like, he wasn't really there to be seen. He's there because he's now an F1 nerd and a Lewis Hamilton nerd.
0: He's he's, he's in the mix a lot. Mm-hmm. He's in the mix a lot. Yeah. All right. Other questions. Um, what is a coping strategy if you are a new F1 fan and are not used to prolonged, boring dominance?
1: Well, um, this is something that I've been trying to adapt to myself. Red, red
0: Ferrari fan accounts? <laughs>
1: Ferrari fan accounts. Um, And I think it's something that is is going to be prevalent for a lot of new U.S. fans and specifically Drive to Survive fans because for many of us, and I'm including myself in this, the first full F1 season that we followed religiously is 2021. And mm-hmm. I think we all have to accept that that is the outlier in a sport like this. And when so much of this sport is determined on the mechanical function of something that is notoriously hard and a very, very expensive to update in season... Um, this is going to happen more often than not. And I think you just have to find smaller entities within the sport that you're interested in. And maybe this is something that I'm better suited to as a Timberwolves, lifelong Timberwolves fan. Um, you don't get a whole lot of success mm-hmm, sure. with a team like that. So rooting for midfield action feels um, a lot more natural to me than than maybe some of our other listeners.
0: Yeah, I'd say um, as an Orlando Magic fan, I'm used to the dominance being on yeah, top. Right, um, right, right, right. Just decades and decades of <laughs> of success and and never making a mistake and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Any other highlights from this weekend that you didn't get to to cover?
1: It was just really phenomenal to see and especially hear the cars Mm. in action. This was my first F1 race weekend. And just standing out there while the cars are going by and seeing them in person was was really rewarding for me. And getting to step out on the track and kind of, you know, Kevin and I did a, a track walk the other day and getting to... Hop around on the sausage curbs and kind of see. Just to be
0: clear, only you hopped around on the sausage curb.
1: Well, you know, sorry, some of us are trying did, to help out you, the, the engineers you did, here.
0: You just turned into Tom Hanks from Big and just started just, <laughs> just started bouncing on every single like raised thing on the track.
1: I'm just trying to do my part. You should have seen me on the track walk that you were not there for. I was I was wow. kicking um, walls. I was you know just testing all the structural integrity of this track. So you're all welcome. There were no incidents out there today because i was out there last night looking into all of this so but no i mean really it was just like a very very phenomenal thing to see and to see how orchestrated it all is and how good everyone here is at their jobs um it was very very special
0: i do want to leave it on this which is that i'm i'm worried is the wrong word but i'm starting to contemplate the next chapter of the formula one boom in america Mm -hmm. because at the last race, I remember through, through a hoarse voice, I talked with Bauman about how this was either the start of something or the high water mark mm-hmm. of F1 in America. Mm-hmm. I don't believe last year was the, the high water mark mm-hmm. because I do believe Vegas will bring a new wrinkle. Sure. I do believe that ratings are still increasing um, in most cases or, or staying flat. I actually haven't viewed it a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I do know that the ratings are still quite good. Um, and it's still, you know, a healthy amount of people were already watching it to begin with. So mm-hmm. even if there's no massive growth, it's still, it's still significant. But you have to give people more all the time. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned 2021. I think there's a, a there was a drive to survive funnel into the sport, and then they got the best season in a lot of people's lifetimes. Yep. And now it's going to be Max for a while. And not only that, it might not. I mean, Max I, I, Max is a born champion, mm-hmm. and He's a boring champion, which is not his fault. Like, Leo Messi is the most... Famous and beloved <laughs> active athlete in the world, mm-hmm. I know next to nothing about Leo Messi. Yeah. I know I I don't. The, I've heard him talk like four times, and one of them was in the apology hostage video he, <laughs> he had the other day when he apologized to PSG. Okay, <laughs> so like the, it doesn't matter if if he doesn't turn into a heel, mm-hmm. like that's fine. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's his prerogative. I, I, the one thing I don't want is sort of you know this happens a lot with like like the UFC and some sure. boxers where it's like they feel like they have to to play up. What's called ticket talk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there has to be something either either on on the track competitiveness or something in the personalities, and again, it doesn't have to be Max. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm not even saying it needs to turn into NASCAR where there are punches thrown today, <laughs> and which is kind of a boys will be boys thing. Yep. But there needs to be something there needs to be a hook. Mm-hmm. There's no playoffs in Formula One. So you can just say we we know right now mm-hmm. who the constructors champion is going to be. We can say with pretty good certainty. and We can probably look at the betting odds who the drivers championship who the drivers champion is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so and this isn't just an American point. I'm just saying we're an American podcast. Yeah. And we, and and, yep. and that's what I think about. I don't think about whether or not Ferrari fans are going to lose interest in Italy because I don't do a, a podcast for. for mm-hmm. We love our Italian fans just like the the. uh the Ferrari fan accounts that Meg yes, follows—that's yes. why she does it because she loves the the Italian fans you that we all. have. But what I am saying is, just I think I've written and thought and talked a lot about the Formula One boom and where it's going and where it's headed, and it needs more. And I think there's been a disconnect. And I, I wonder—and there's something we've kind of talked about out loud this week—but I wonder how this Miami race can take the energy that's here before the race. Mm-hmm. And carry it over during the race. And that yep. could mean TV presentation, like Nate Saunders was saying the other day. Why, why doesn't it look very Miami when you're, you know, looking at a helicopter? I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's hard. You're not on the beach. People think it's the beach. People think it's going over Kiva Skin Bridge. People mm-hmm. think, you know, even the Swamp land. It's none of that stuff. We're mm-hmm. just kind of in the middle between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. That's why the Dolphin Stadium is here. Right. There are people kind of reduce it to being a car park race. I don't. I think it's more than that. But mm-hmm. that's what it looks like on TV. And so I think we're getting to a pretty large disconnect between what it's like to be here, you know, brushing past the Williams sisters and and the the drivers wanting to be here. Mm -hmm. And then once the race starts, nothing happens and it's just more of the same. And so it's on Miami to figure that out, to fix that. Um, It's on... F1 in general to figure out how to make it more compelling. Maybe it's just on Netflix to take all of this stuff and make it somehow a coherent, sort of messy drama, The Real Housewives of Monaco, mm-hmm. and turn these 20 guys, all of whom know the exact outcome, into messy drama addicted bitches.
1: A, yes. I mean, sign me up 100%. B, I agree with you. And I think this is a good time to start thinking about it because we have. A very considerable amount of time until the next US race. And then after that, soon after is Vegas, when I think a lot of this stuff will start coming to a head and we will see what the reality of, you know, having three US races going forward looks like. So I will be curious to see once we get to the European leg. I'm I'm very, very hopeful that the races will get a little bit more interesting. We'll have fewer street circuits going forward um, outside of Monaco so hopefully the processional stuff will will change and people will have a, a reason to be interested in the actual racing again but I am with you in that this was now the second Miami Grand Prix they fixed a lot of things not everything and going forward it's it's going to be a, a pretty major test for whether the sport is able to keep and hold long term attention here
0: agree anything else
1: um no we'll shout back. out to shout out to michael andretti who got interviewed on on the track today who's still foraging ahead and, and trying to add a saw team him.
0: I saw him a couple times yeah. he's in the mix. Mm-hmm. um yeah we'll be back are you going on vacation
1: I am I will be um out of pocket for Imola so
0: it's me and spanners
1: so you and spanners boys, boys boys return boys night out boys night out um yeah I will be I will be actually in Europe. So look for me you if you're there in. or don't look for me. Either call way.
0: Call in from France. Yeah, maybe. Right. See you, pal. This has been the Ringer F One on the Ringer Podcast Network. You'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'll be I'll be back probably next week. Thank you to Erica Cervantes for production help. We'll see you this week.